Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party. In order to recover the missing orb and missing companion, our players dared the Tower of Nivix, home of the Izzet League. Surprisingly, they were joined by the very demure agent who attacked them in their apartment. Retrieving their friend meant confronting the mighty Niv-Mizzet, the Firemind, who was thankfully convinced in aiding the Alliance. With the Izzet and the Demir on their side, can our players mobilize against the conspiracy? Find out this week on Encounter Party! So you guys, uh, just absolute complete silence from Lazov as you guys march down through the tower once again. And immediately as you walk out the door, you see the image of him shimmer and shift back into the deputy security expector. And just, just absolute silence, no talking. You can tell as you guys are marching through curiosity is everywhere in the Izzet League, right? Like, they can they can see stuff and work and focus, but at the same time, they've got awesome perception, and you can tell as you guys are marching down that he's not wasting any time. He's just throwing spells left and right that just ignore me, ignore me, ignore me, ignore me as you guys go marching out without any effort. Uh, Perix casts Sending to Lazov. Uh, oh, okay. So that no one just says... Can we assume the deputy security expector is alive? You are free to suspect whatever you want. Who knows? He may never have existed in the first place. So you guys you guys hit the street, and it is very clear that you're expected to keep up, and he is not going to talk to you right now. No one's having a conversation, but you better keep up. And Lazov takes you guys marching through the 10th district, and... You start going straight down the Transguild Promenade, which is a, a sort of a commuter walkway, but it's also the busiest, most heavily populated area of, of anywhere in the city. So there, there might be this like slight confusion or, or even nervousness as it's like, what are we doing? We're like around a ton of people. What the hell? But as you start moving through these crowds of people, you can see that with like every third person he shifts into just like another human being, right? He's a Selesnian guard, then he's a regular person, then he's a minotaur. And as you guys kind of look around and confirm with each other, you realize the same thing is happening to you. As you guys go, you know, you feel like yourself. You don't feel any differently. But as you look to each other, you see Fakara step behind a cart and come out looking like a centaur. You guys are shifting from guild to people. And it's just this sort of ever-flowing image as you realize that you're walking down the promenade to just sort of make people forget who you are. And it's 
changing so rapidly, no one could even possibly remember the five of you distinctly walking through. So as you guys exit the promenade, you just, you're just struggling to keep up with this dude because he's moving at a pace that's like, <laughs> wow, this is just how fast really, really powerful people move. And who knows if he's even in the exact place that you think he is. And you lead, he leads you guys down to, to Bane Alley, which is a, a little bit more of a, a darker... Bane Alley is a place where you can expect to find some black market stuff going on. You know what I mean? The, the sort of place that you would expect somebody less capable than Frankie Peanuts to be hanging out, or maybe somebody more dangerous than some of the mobsters we've met in our in our campaign. Um, I believe Bane Alley is the is the running ground for the Shatter Gang brothers. I think this is where they've been kind of forced to after their war with Cranko. And uh, he takes you down into this this uh, you know like. European style bakery that's like down from the street half a step and and as soon as you guys step in the baker uh, who looks exactly like our sound engineer Will Malones stands up and greets him greetings master this is where I got the fried dough <laughs> um, and and without without even the slightest consideration of a nod, he pulls you all into the back room and opens the oven and tells you all to go in. Zenia just walks in. Yeah, of course. Like, I, sure. I did not, right. Why I thought she would even think this through. <laughs> so Lauren has the security of the contract. He goes in as well. <sighs> For those of you who are not like the first two people walking in, boy, this oven surely looks weird that it can hold more than two people. Lord Zetch gets in. Terex has been hanging back because I don't have the security of the contract. I don't trust it for shit. And uh, uh, I walk in, but um, man, would I like to kill that guy. Fakara, I need an acrobatics check to fit. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that might be coming. <laughs> it's a squeeze. 22. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you, just, you just turn sideways, bow your horns forward. And just slip inside. Um, and it becomes quite clear that the back of this oven just doesn't exist. It's a secret passageway. <gasps> <laughs> wow, I'm shocked. The surprises never stop here on Encounter Party. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, you descend down this uh, this dark stone staircase. There is no light. I don't know why I didn't think this through. Go ahead. Um, well, two things. Zenia, to play a trick on Fakara for fun, cast Minor Illusion, and she casts a flame just to see if she can scare her like it's a real oven. <laughs> We're having a good time. Oh, my God, yeah. So you need a, you need a wisdom, wisdom save to see oh, whether or not you know it's, it's an illusion. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's... That's a 16. Yeah. Oh, but my spell save is a 16. She's got to match it. Tie to the roller. Tie to the roller. Damn it. Um, and so then- <laughs> Figard just steps in and goes, uh, for the love of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Not the time. Sonia, did you? No, come on. No. <laughs> and then she brings back Frank. Of course. Of course um, she does. So you bring back Frank. And as soon as you light, as soon as Frank comes, is he in like full body form? Absolutely. Okay, so as soon as you bring up Frank, you realize that Lazov is actually in front of you. Oh, oh God. Yeah, so yeah. he like let you guys in, but that was also sort of an illusion. So he is actually leading you down. 
So those of you back in line, you can see Frank come out and you're just sort of descending this dark stone staircase. And as you as you begin to descend farther and farther down, it starts to get a little grimy and wet and you see some water leaking through the walls and it's very clear that you're heading down to probably the sewers area of of uh, Ravnica. And Lorzach, you might finally for the first time in like two months be like, huh. It's one of those moments where you're confronted with a natural phenomenon you remember from your childhood or from being at home that you haven't seen in months. And like, it just registers. I haven't heard running water like that in so long. Drip, drip, drip. Feels nice. Another good 15 minutes worth of walking. Um, you guys have been, you guys have been walking for probably a solid two hours. And once you get underground, it's like another 15 minutes. No talking, silence, no nothing until eventually you start winding your way through these sewers and these waterways as you kind of kind of you have to tiptoe around these causeways and shuffle sideward so you don't step in sewage until you just hit this strange quiet opening in a brick facade underground in a tunnel which Lazoff pushes open and inside appears to be something you might be able to assume is some sort of demir safe house and it's furnished nothing lavish but furnished enough to be a place of rest and he shuffles all five of you inside and then turns to you and probably in a nastier way than you've ever heard this guy talk before he just demands from all of you sit i need wisdom saving throws from everybody that is my thing oh, it is man. what i do everyone gets plus five. Oh, thank fuck God. 23 13 30 damn six 32. Damn. I am loving hard-ass Perix. <laughs> um, so, Fakara, Xenia, no question, you have been dominated. You just whoosh, squat. Um, for the two of you with ungodly high wisdom saving throws, you're like, okay, no. And Saloran, <laughs> you are actually high enough. You know, you know this spell. I don't think you actually can cast this spell, but you are aware of similar spells, and you know that it's it's it is a, I'm not talking, I'm not pussyfooting around here, sit the fuck down. But in your in your profession, you've probably just seen too fucking much to be intimidated by this exact moment. So you two squat your butts, but for the three of you who, uh, who aren't quite so intimidated, you realize, you do at least realize that this is a no fucking around moment. And he actually might be angry right now. This is probably a little bit comforting for Fakara because she hasn't had an order in a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, soldier. Yes, sir. Um, and then before uh, before we tackle this conversation that Lazov is going to demand from you guys, I just want to do a quick rewind to kind of establish when we acquired the orbs, right? So the first one we got all the way back in episode one of Encounter Party the in the leg end. The second one, it, the whole thing of the first season was finding out that there's actually more than one, and we got that one from the secret lab of Malphus Reed. Then we dropped those two with Alfonso. Correct. Went out into the world without orbs, and then acquired the third one, orb number three from Nikia in the Zerta. Orb number three went with Xenia, was never returned. So the one with the sticker on it is orb number three. Orb number four Ghost Council. was from the Ghost Council. So we know you are in possession of orb number three. We do not know where orb one, two, and four currently are. But we know that Lazov 
took them. Took them. We also don't know where orb number five is, but we can suspect. So he attempts to use his Demir mind magic to force you guys into a bit of submission. It works for some of you. It surprisingly does not work for some of you. You guys have just been through a lot, right? It's probably just so distrustful at any moment that it's just like, no. And he demands from you, how have you avoided corruption? When I first encountered the corruption at the bottom of Zonet 4, I can't tell you what caused it. I can't tell you what brought it out in my colleagues that I then had to fight to the death, but only about 40% of the Simic in my room were corrupted by whatever caused it. It doesn't appear to affect everyone equally. It doesn't appear to grab everyone in the same way. We just know that there are those who willingly serve Merit Lage who are not corrupted, and then they have corrupted followers. Is it possible we have some sort of immunity? So, um, I think we are running out of time, and I think Lazov knows that and is trying to impress this opinion on you guys, and therefore, um, boy, as a DM, I'm going to do something I can't believe I'm ever going to do. I think the the most expedient thing to do is for Lazov to basically say to you guys, um, information exchange is the only way we're going to move forward. And he seems to be allowing you to ask questions. And more importantly, I think somebody from the Demir is going to give an answer. Did we ever meet Alfonso? No. Rufier Alfonso died nine months ago. However, we in the House Demir are not really willing to let that man die publicly. He has far too many resources and connections to just throw down the drain. The man you knew as Rufier Alfonso III has been me the entire time. Then this was all you. The orb, Lavinia, Elasia, you sent the orb back into our care. Yes, they were my security team under the guise of Rufir Alfonso. I impersonated Lavinia when I heard that an orb had been collected during a bar brawl, and yes, Elasia was one of my agents. Shoot, I really let that one go with Elasia, my bad. Yeah, you like way back you found that patch and didn't say anything. And you guys found the other patches and then <laughs> Landry I, never spoke up. I went, had to listen to that episode yeah. later because we weren't privy to that information. No. Mother f- God damn it. I, know. <laughs> I sent Landry the ang- the most angry text. Oh yeah. Just rife with emojis. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about, right. Xenia? Oh she was there was a patch. On Alasia, she was a Demir, it turned out. And um, I just never said anything. But it just <laughs> felt, at the time, it felt really important to keep the secret. You guys had just met each other, to be fair. But she, yeah, she found she found a patch <laughs> that happened to be the same patch as you guys found on the agents in his, in his apartment later. But that, why would you? It... There was no way for her to know it's important that we move forward. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Yes, the Azorius have never been a part of this at all. Why do you think you're the fifth conspirator? I have been slowly pulling out pieces of my own memory to fight a being from another plane. The only reason she would even have access is if I opened my thoughts to her in the first place. I remember Malthus Reed approaching me, and I remember Malthus Reed trying to buy the orb back from Rufier Alfonso can only deduce that I'm a part of this somehow. 
I have recruited the five of you because for some reason you've staved off corruption no matter how long you've been exposed to the orbs. Which adds another question of why. Why haven't we been corrupted? So Malthus never knew that you were Alfonso. I suspect that's why he was trying so hard to purchase the orb back from me. So Malthus Reed was moving orbs around? Yes, he suspected that the orb was no longer in the possession of the Five because he did not know I was actually Rufir Alfonso. That's why one of my security team was corrupted. That's why they stole the orb and tried to take it to the Lake End and deliver it to Malthus Reed. And you had to cauterize the team. You couldn't risk your assets being turned against you. I have no idea the condition of my own guild right now. I used my vampires to corrupt the security team to prevent them from being accessible in the first place. I did all I could to wipe memories. I did all I could to erase any possibility of this horror boring her mind into our world. A process that was rudely interrupted by a group of five individuals disrupting my vampire in the middle of the night. And why then did you send the orb back to Zonet 4? Why did it end up in my home? I knew Malthus wanted it there. I did not know why he wanted it there. I was trying to recreate the conditions that existed before I assumed Alfonso's persona. I was trying to recreate the conditions that I may have set myself before at some point I needed to start pulling out my own memories. I needed to know why that orb needed to be there. You were trying to get your own memories back. Yes. It seems we have one very prominent lead available to us. Deorath yet lives, in a manner of speaking. True. But given that you don't remember anything about conspiring with Deorath, if we want to get down there with the most information possible, first we need to recover your memory. Yes. Malphus Reed thought this through much deeper than we expected. Think about who's involved in this. Myself, him, Deireth, the Ghost Council, Nikia of the Zerta tribe. All of us capable people, but neither one of us can interact with each other to conspire against him. Nobody's accessing the Ghost Council. Nobody's going to walk into Zerta territory uncontested. Who knows what's going on with the Golgari at the moment? He thought this through meticulously. And the fact that I willingly abandoned information that may have been able to stop or help him is perhaps the most concerning thing I've ever done in my life. So if you take your memories out, where do they go? I think I know. My memories are probably located in the most secure place in all of Ravnica. And he looks to you, Lorzech, and says, That is... If our Devkar and friend can remember where the back door is. Very sorry to disappoint you on an emotional level, but yes, it's still very much active, just in secret. Lorzach, what is he ta- what is he talking about? What do you know? You're referring to Dusk End. Oh yes. Officially it's been condemned. Unofficially, it's the most secure and devastating prison the Azores hold. Oh no. Oh, yes. We're going to have ourselves quite a time. Now, 
I can get in myself, that's no problem, but I'm not going to be able to disguise the five of you and go waltzing in there because of how security works. Now, one of you happens to know a back door in if they can remember how to get there. If you can find your way in, we might be able to do something about this. Why does Lorzach know a back door? Herrick says while he looks at Lorzach. Because I was held there for six years after Vitugazi was shattered. The Azorius are quite zealous in their pursuit of justice, and Asperia was nothing but ruthless in her pursuit of Golgari survivors. But you escaped. Most impressive. Thanks. A treasured memory. <sighs> you know, so Lazov has this, like, you know, cloak over his eyes, so he just sort of tilts his head to you just slightly, Lorzach, and just unnecessarily coldly says... It seems your people's service to us is still useful after all of these years. And then he turns around and walks out of the safe house, and you guys are kind of left there alone. And um, there's just this... Obviously, he's Demir. Obviously, there's a mystery. But there's also this weird thing where I don't think he knows whether or not you guys are help or a liability, or both at the same time. And... You We've just become you, his new security team. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. God, I'm at the head of the table and I don't know if I can say it out loud, but it's this like, boy, you better fucking get where he's hoping you're going to end up. Because the minute you disappoint him, he's going to assume the worst out of you guys and it's going to be very unpleasant. But if you guys need to rest up for a moment, there there is no like, it's not go now. I don't think so. If you guys need to recover from getting your butts roasted, yes, by a dragon, I'm very close to not alive. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I think you guys need to rest, and then I think you need to have a conversation, and I think you need to. Um, we need to figure out how how we're gonna take a walk down Lorzach's past here. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc so you've decided to take a long rest thank you you guys wake you don't have to thank me you did yes <laughs> Yes. I'm not. My vote is no. <laughs> my vote is proceed through the campaign without taking a nap. <laughs> Exhaustion level 12. Um, Rude. So we're taking a long rest. You know, I guess we've decided that we're going to take eight hours before we go march our way over to this secret place that we know very little about. Well, we did get fucked up by a dragon. Yes. We, we've had a lot of choices made for us this season already, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, I'm not really in command here, so I would say 
An important note is anybody who looks toward the entryway will notice on a side table, curiously, Lazov has left you guys the three other orbs. Um, so you can take those with you, uh, possibly because he's afraid to carry them on his own anymore. But aside from that, um, I don't know the way. So I leave you in the uh, capable hands of our completely open and honest Lorzach Rotspeaker. Lorzach will lead the party up out of the sewers onto the street. And uh, far to the northeast, uh, over towards Precinct 3, is where they will be walking. Just one foot in front of the other. Not a lot to say about anything right now. <laughs> Which precinct are we in now? Yeah, so you guys you guys came out in Precinct 6. And then, so you're, you're going basically directly across the entirety of the 10th District. So you're, you're crossing right diagonally across downtown Ravnica. Saloran just goes, I must get this to the Grand Envoy, and gestures to his armor where he's placed the contract. No, we have to do this right now. Saloran looks at Lord's Edge. He's already walking away. Oh, shit. Ooh, snap. All right, come on. Let's go. So, Lord's Edge, why were you imprisoned? Once upon a time, a great long time ago, there was a very large tree. And within this tree was a ghost, a ghost that spoke for the entire world. And in the midst of a great ceremony, supposed to honor the spirit and evoke its blessing upon the people of this world, the tree broke and the spirit died. Oh no. And my people were blamed for all of it. And a very smart sphinx in a very high tower once said that every surviving Golgari should be cast into a great deep pit and forgotten about forever. And so I was, and there I stayed for six very long and very hard years. I'm so sorry. That sounds awful. It's past. Uh, your answer to that doesn't sound like it's past all that well. After six years, it doesn't sound like you were released in the traditional sense. Oh, the Azorius had no intention of ever letting anyone place alive. That's awful. We had to make our own way out. The Golgari jailbreak is probably known. Okay. It's probably known. Okay. Um, the particulars of it aren't, but I think that's the type of news that, you know, in some regard, those of you who aren't particularly old, I mean, this was... It was about 68 years ago. Okay, so so nobody here is particularly alive, but anybody who's learned stuff about the shattering of the Guild Pact 75 years ago, any of that stuff, you would have learned that, you know, there were changes in power, and at some point the Azorius blamed the Golgari, because that's how it looked. It looked like it was the Golgari's fault. Everybody, you know, there's obviously there's more to it for people who want to go research the, the actual lore of Ravnica. But for the general populace, it is assumed that the Golgari were the ones who broke the Guild Pact. And therefore, there was some weird stuff that happened, but when the Azorius shifted power, the new head of the Azorius went super hard right-wing martial law and just said, it is a crime to be a Golgari. And thousands of Golgari were rounded up and thrown in a gulag. 
and everybody kind of knew it, but nobody really said or made a stink about it because the world did and still does blame the Golgari. There was a massive prison outbreak. The Golgari Guild is back, obviously, but it's... um. It's kind of a thing you all maybe probably, oh yeah, there was a thing about that before we were born, um, but you're probably getting uh, an understanding that it was a lot more terrifying than than perhaps you ever gave it some thought. So the- Yeah, okay. you'd, you'd piece it together that perhaps your uh, opinion about who those people were and what they did was not entirely accurate. So you were part of the breakout? Many years ago. My goodness, you're old. Rather young, actually. Yeah, but. actually, he's pretty young <laughs> still. How old are you? One hundred and uh, thirty-five. Still, yeah, relatively young, early thirties. So, um, after a long walk, we're learning some saddening things about one of the people in our party. Going into what is sounding like an old prison that was supposed to have been decommissioned, that perhaps is still running in secret. Perhaps not the most enjoyable information to learn about the court system that runs Ravnica. Lorzatch takes you up toward the third precinct and cuts through a couple alleys. The next thing you know, you're down in the Undercity again in a snap. And you just realize how quickly you can get from top to bottom in this city. And perhaps you're learning about just how much of a Swiss cheese factory the topside seems to be. And it might make things a little bit more nervous to realize that there's not quite as much separation between the Undercity and the Overcity as perhaps you once thought. And as Lorzash continues to share his tale, you crawl through crypt and cavern as you make your way down. Is Frank joining us? Absolutely. Or you have, like, light-up spores now, don't you? Uh, he also has dancing lights that yeah, you okay. can cast, but one, um, one Frank is... <laughs> one Frank is a crowd already. <laughs> And there is a, there's sort of an uncomfortable familiarity here. You know what I mean? Like, he seems to know exactly where he's going. Every time you guys pop down into the Undercity, it's like, man, it's almost like there's just a different side of him that kind of pops in. And um, it's, a, it's a hike. It takes you a bit of time, but then surprisingly, at the end of this sort of long tunnel to absolutely nowhere, you see Lorzatch come to a halt and uh, he'll point to you guys and point ahead and you'll see that there is what looks to be a part of a constructed wall sticking out of the rock. I'm going to take a moment and Picard is just going to walk up to you while you're pointing and just put a hoof on your shoulder and be like, are, are you going to be okay? Right? I've been wondering that myself. Depending on what I find behind this wall and whether or not I have to burn down everything that's inside this place, one way or another, yes, I will be fine. We've got your back. Appreciate it. I feel quite silly being the one to tell you this, but a great deal lays on our shoulders. Do not give in to your rage. Let's pull down the fucking wall, shall we? You are faced with a stonemason wall at the end of a long, dark cavern. How long, how dark? And how, how much of a run-up do you want? <laughs> 20 feet. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> what? Are you gonna go Olympics on this? Yeah, why not? Oh go my for god. it. How far you want to back up? 
Uh, I'd say that you could you could get at least forty feet of a straight line. Oh, that's all I need. You back up forty feet. Yeah. You going? Uh, yeah, run for it. Just strength check. Okay. Fifteen. What is your uh, unarmed strike? Would be five. Plus five. Would you roll a d6 and add five, please? Ten. You suffer ten bludgeoning damage as you run full force into a brick fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> I have horns. Parrots. You want me to break your horns too? No. no. <laughs> oh, so okay. you see, you see, you see Fakara back up and just coming through. Choo choo, motherfucker! Splat. <laughs> Parrots walks over and and says, "I appreciate the stealth of your plan." Um, I'm pretty good with stone. And I move Fakara out of the way and I put my hands on the wall and I start to do some transmuting. What is the, uh, what is that? Can you read that exact wording of that to me? While you're doing that, Saloran lays a hand on Fakara to heal her 10 HP and says, that'll do, Cal. That'll do. So I can temporarily alter the physical properties of one object, I can perform a special alchemical procedure for up to one cubic foot of material. I would say one object would be a single like cinder block. Like a brick. Like one, a block. One stone. Thing. Right. Yeah. So all I can do is I can't make it go away, but I can turn it into something people can break. Okay. Uh, and so I will uh, take 10 minutes to turn it into wood. How does that feel? We could break through some wood. Sure. I'm not sure I can break through anything right now. Who's going to break the wood? I'll do it. Thank you. Roll a die. You succeed and break some wood. (laughs) (laughs) You splinter some wood. Now, uh, after you fracture this away, you've made a little bit of a hole. And what you can see behind is that there's there's like a screen on the inside that's some sort of magical barrier. And scrolling all over this screen and that sort of characteristic... Azorius text, right? You know how their spells are like ribbons of text and legal jargon? It's like that. So behind the screen is like the matrix of just this trickle of information and 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 litigation, but in, in sort of a bright blue of the Azorius. So there is some sort of actual barrier that needs penetrating behind it. What is the spell's level? It may not actually be a spell. And whatever it is, you can tell it is... Very, very large. If it is not the entire wall, it may very well be around the entire building completely. Can I recognize this as law magic? No, this is Azorius. Okay. You will need to find some way to penetrate an Azorius shield. Do you suppose that item from Rufia's apartment would have any bearing on the situation? It certainly might. Which item? The Azorius symbol. This is why you... I can see why you forgot about it for an entire season. Yeah, if we press the guild insignia up against these scrolling images, what happens? They disappear. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, you've made just a small, you, you have a wall you have to pull down. Uh, Fikara, roll a d10. 10. Uh, it takes you one hour to slowly rip this shit away. The maximum amount of time it could have taken you. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> You're you guys- welcome. It takes, Perix has to spend 10 minutes on a particular break pulling some stuff down. 
Now, <laughs> unfortunately, because it took you so fucking long, that was a lot of time for somebody to figure out that something might have been happening. And you finally <laughs> open this wall and you realize that directly behind the wall as you were peeling down, you're like, oh, there's some really lovely statues in there. Until, until you break the wall down and you see like two lions on the other side of this wall, just patiently waiting for you to finish. <laughs> Roll initiative. Oh, for <laughs> Pete's sake. God, you did not do that fast at all, that's fine. So you get uh, blindsided by these two Felidar lions who have uh, sort of been sitting around patrolling, who knows? You walked into an abandoned prison, um, but but clearly the Azorius are, are a little bit more observant than perhaps we were fearing. And anybody who knows anything about Felidar can immediately recognize that they tend to be tethered to uh, uh, other mages. And so very quickly down from around the corner, these two uh, Azorius law mages come popping around. Let's go. First up is the lions. Oh, all right. Pseudo surprised. Hunt? They've been preparing an attack for an hour. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> they just, just been, been preening. <laughs> they almost fell asleep. They have keen hearing and sight. So, both Saloran and Fikara, I need you to make DC 15 strength saving throws as they pounce. Plus five, Fikara. <clears throat> 21. Nope. 25. Above 15. Oh, but I want to do the math. 27. Okay, so <laughs> both of these cats go, ah, and then just pause up on your shoulders. And, hmm. <laughs> but they can bite you while they're up there. Couple of bites. David is a miss. Sarah is also a miss. So they kind of pounce on you to knock you down. They realize you're way stronger than they think you are, and then they're trying to bite you. And this is, this is, this, whatever this is, is not working. Lord's Edge. Great start. Great start to the first fight of season three. I do nothing. Go! <laughs> uh, as a bonus action, Lorzach is going to hold aloft the staff of Withering and empower it using the cantrip Shalala, uh, giving him some little bonuses there. And as his action is going to cast Fairy Fire in a 20-foot cube that is going to target both of the Felidar, everyone now has advantage on attack rolls against the Felidar. So we have plus five to our attacks, you said, to them? Advantage. Oh, we have an advantage. Next, Perix. Okay, uh, I can do one of two things here. I can either buff up Fakara and Saloran, which feels like the play right now, since they're about to be frontline, or I can make the lions super weak. They are. We already have advantage on attacks against them, so, so it feels like buffing is good. Yeah. Great. So then uh, uh, Perix reaches out and puts his hands on both the backs of Fakara and Saloran and casts Enhance Ability at a third level. Uh, you both now have the bull's strength. You have advantage on strength checks and uh, carrying capacity dice. I got a tingling in my belly. That's good, thank you. You're very welcome. Uh, that is my turn. I'm not going to move. There are lions. Xenia, you're up. Xenia squints between her compatriots so that she gets a really good sight line on the lion threatening Fakara, and she casts Firebolt. Well, good thing we have advantage because that was a crit fail. Well, four, um, a three. Um, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't a three, but I still don't get it. No. <laughs> I don't think that's going to make it. 
Okay, David, you're up. So Lauren feels all of this energy going into him and is going to smack these lions. That is a 19 to hit. It's going to roll both attacks now. And 22. Yes. 10 piercing damage. And then 14 piercing damage. Great. Next, we're going to target Sarah because I bet you she's the most likely to fail this roll. Rude. Would you please make a wisdom saving throw? Dang! Did you add in the plus five? I got a 24! (laughs) (laughs) Do it again. There's two of them. (laughs) I'm gonna double up. Do it again. (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Victory is mine, this roll! You are paralyzed. Dang! (gasps) Oh no! Rude. You just just see in in a very authoritative. Halt, criminal! <laughs> From the line? There's mages. No, there's uh, there's there's two Azorius mages. Um, I think they both happen to be Vidalkin. Why not? And then we'll add some some flavor. And uh, yeah, so Fakara, you are paralyzed. At the end of each of your turns, you can make a Wisdom saving throw to try and end the spell or the effect. Oh nope, that's a lie. I can target more than one person doing this. David, make a roll. You got it. You're going to need to make two, actually, because it was cast twice. 30, 20? Yep. 18. Yep. You're good. Aww. Okay. That's it. Some people are paralyzed. Fakara, you're up. You're paralyzed. Make a wisdom saving throw. Plus five. 17? 17 does not do it. Ooh. Target is 18. Wow. Okay. Top of the order. Felidar is going to attack. Fakara, you are paralyzed. You'll get one hit, two hits. So you will get chomped, chomped for a lot more damage than you were hoping. So the first bite is 20 damage. Mm. Ouch. The second bite is 17 damage. Ooh, chomped, chomped. 37 all day. Chomp, chomp. Second one is going to attack Saloran. First one's a miss. Second one is a hit. Some bitey damage. They're still on you. Man, I don't like cats. Yeah. <laughs> you're a cat person, you're a dog person. Oh, yeah, I'm totally a uh, dog person. Saloran, you will take 19 damage. This big old lion bites you in the helmet, and then I need a strength saving throw, please. What kind of damage is it? Uh, piercing. It's with teeth. I have a feature called Heavy Armor Master. Mm-hmm. So any most of the common damage types, I get a reduction of three damage. Okay. So subtract three, and then make a strength saving throw. 21. Yes. They can't knock you down, big guy. Uh, next up, Lorzach. Lorzach, uh, as a bonus action, is going to cast Healing Word on Fakara. Thank you. And Fakara will regain a certain number of hit points. Fakara will regain six hit points. Yay! As an action, Lorzach is going to attack uh, the Felidar on the left. Okay, and that's going to be a 20 to hit. Yep. Okay. And the Felidar is going to take... Come on, man. The table curse has returned for season three. Felidar is going to take seven necrotic damage. Oh, boy. That ain't nothing. So how much total? Seven necrotic damage. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just checking. Perix, you're up, big guy. All right. Uh, Perix uh, does not like what's happening here um, and is certainly not going to try and move forward, mostly because he can't, but also because he's squishy. So Perix is going to um, let the crystal around his neck glow purple, and he is going to cast Witch Bolt using a second level spell slot on the leftmost Felidar line. For a natural 20 plus 9. Yeah. Uh, which gives me 3d12. Uh, for 26 points of lightning damage, and I am now connected to the leftmost Felidar lion. Okay, damage done. You are you are tethered. Um, How are you? Uh, it's a witch bolt tether? Yeah. You can feel once you're in there that these things are also tethered respectively to the law mages behind them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. They they have a they have a, a link ability. Great. Like uh like a, a psychic leash. Copy. Uh okay, keeping going. Xenia. Xenia finally remembers how to cast a spell after being cooped up in a lab for so long, and she casts Firebolt again with advantage. For a 14? Nope. Damn it! Sorry, that felt like an outsized reaction. Lazov was much better at this. Ooh. <laughs> oh, ow! I didn't even get it at <laughs> She was upset, but didn't know yeah. why. <laughs> David, David, you're up. Just went. So Lauren hits this lion. Oh no. Okay, the first one misses. Yep. The highest thing I rolled was a nine. Attack for the second time. There you go. For 26 to hit. Yep. He's gonna channel a level one divine smite. It's fine. For 13 piercing damage and eight radiant damage. Okay. The mages wind up to cock back a spell. The first one is going to dispel your advantage roll abilities, Lord Zatch. So you guys lose that ability due to dispel magic. The second one is going to attempt to cast Hold Person. I need Lord Zatch and Perix. Yeah. Please make wisdom saving throws. Does this count as a charm spell? I believe it does. Yes, I believe it does. I'm with you. Go ahead. 24. Yes. 25. Yes. You guys look like, uh, you know, this. these are Azorius mages, right? Like, whatever this is, it is detainment first, ask questions later. They want to know what is going on. It's possible they didn't even know this hallway existed. So they, you know, because there was a wall in between it. So you clearly get the impression that, you know, with with, with the, the Felidar lions trying to pounce you down on the ground, with these law mages trying to hold you, this is an arrest type of situation. Uh, okay, carrying forward, Fakara, you are still paralyzed. You may make a roll. It's a wisdom saving? Yes. 15. 15. You are still paralyzed, my dear. Did you add the plus five? 20. You are no longer paralyzed. <laughs> <laughs> David just you. keeps saying it. All this is now the most hated thing as a DM ever, is that. Because all of our maps are like you guys in tunnels and stuff like I that. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm loving it. Shut up. Okay, so I am I can still take actions, right? No, that's at the end of your turn. Okay, so. So you, right. you, are, you are no longer paralyzed. You cannot, be, you cannot be paralyzed by that effect, by that mage for 24 hours. Okay. But the other one might still be able to get you. Okay, uh, top of the order, the lion are going to keep chomping away. 
you are no longer paralyzed, so miss and miss to Sarah Saloran. Uh, twenty-one. Does that hit? That does hit. Okay, you're gonna you're gonna get one bite for twenty piercing damage. Minus three, so seventeen. Thank you. Seventeen piercing damage. Is these guys? I mean, oh, and I need a strength saving throw, please. You got it. Which I have advantage on. Thank God I do. 21. Yes. Man, you guys got tough in the last uh, couple weeks here. But uh, you're like like literally dancing with (laughs) big lions. But uh, man, they're they're really dedicated to taking down that front row. Lorzatch, you're up. As an action, Lorzatch is going to awaken the spores in his body. And that's going to be the turn. Okay. Perix. Perix now attached to this lion and feeling this other tether kind of jostling for position on the lion says, fuck you, lion. And uh, the crystal claw is purple. And, uh, oh, I don't have to roll anything besides some damage for eight more points of lightning damage on that lion. Yes. I mean, that that lion in particular has been well-bloodied for uh, a while. Okay. Xenia, third time's a charm. I know. Xenia is super embarrassed at her performance so far in this battle, and so she decides to pull out the big guns and she casts Stormsphere right mm. here between these two mages. Yes. What's what's the what's the level of spell? It is a third level spell. I'm sorry, it's a fourth level spell. Oh, fuck. One second. <laughs> counter? I'm gonna try. Am I allowed to counter a counter? No, we decided you can't that's counter not possible. A counter. As a twenty. Yeah, you save. Counterspell. That old chestnut. <laughs> nope. Oh, she just keeps shooting blanks. <laughs> like, a, like a man who got a vasectomy. Xenia <laughs> <laughs> is really upset about her performance issues, apparently. <laughs> There's a blue pill for that blue woman. <laughs> Are we sure this is the real Xenia as well? <laughs> Like, um, the, the, you get, like, a real low-level beginner Demir to, like, shapeshift and impersonate somebody, but they, like, lied on their resume, so their improv skills aren't <laughs> actually there, right? Like, right? Like, oh, I have improv. Do you? And they're like, uh, I thought you said you could ride horses. Uh. Uh, I'm on it. <laughs> um, so Lauren is going to keep wailing away at the lion that is attacking him. Yes. 25 to hit. Thank you. I'm also going to channel... Level one, Divine Smite. 10 piercing damage, plus 11 radiant damage. Um, how does it happen? How, how, just consider how brutal you want to be here. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, for, for, for my own digestion, just, you know, let's not completely, you know, it's, it's an animal. So Lauren hits it, and you think that you see a glimmer of glowing radiant energy that quickly disappears. And as soon as his morning star passes over its head, you realize the energy is now inside of its head and it explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not what you were going for, that content warning? Brian looked at David. So hopeful with how that started. <laughs> so happy with where David had decided to go. And then his head exploded, and I watched Brian die just a little bit. Fine. 
I think I'll take over the next death description if everyone's okay with it. <laughs> you you mutilated a lion. Well done. I have one more attack that I'm gonna hit the other one that's attacking Sarah. Ten. Haha, <laughs> whiff! Fuck you! My turn. <laughs> Alright, mages. We've got a couple of yeah, we still got a little bit of hold magic. Um, let's start with um so that is the one. All right, we'll start with the one that. Yeah. Okay. So Sarah yes. and Perix. Yeah. I need wisdom saving throws as they attempt to arrest you. Seventeen plus five. That that is with the plus five. Seventeen with the plus five. The target is eighteen. Oh! You are both paralyzed. The next one, David and Lorzach, because I don't think they can see Zenia and she's not doing anything. Fourteen. David, you are also paralyzed. Wow, there we go. The combos are working now. The room is paralyzed. Wait, so it's so it's Perix, Fakara, and Salorin all paralyzed. <laughs> oh yes. The dungeon master is beginning to show his true power. Party people at home, let me explain to you why this sucks so hard. Nearly everyone is paralyzed, and that means they're incapacitated. They can't move, nor can they speak, and they automatically fail strength checks, which means those two lions up at the front can automatically knock down any person they wish, all attacks become advantage, and all landed strikes become automatic critical damage. Welcome to my prison. On the next Encounter Party, the tragic past of Lorzach guides our players to their mission for Lazov, but they seem to have made a grave miscalculation of the true strength of the Azorius. With nearly all the party members paralyzed, can they possibly succeed on their mission? Or will Lorzach find himself once again trapped in a secret Azorius prison? Find out next time! On Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Good evening. This is Lozach Rotspeaker. You know, most people throughout history are dead. And someday, you will be too. Or will you? Find out by joining the Golgari Swarm and find your secret to a life everlasting. Join our Facebook discussion group for all the behind-the-scenes looks at what's happening with Encounter Party. Find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. For news and updates, go to EncounterParty.com. And let's keep this party going.